And we are back. It is the TFA Dino Show with NFL Robbie, Robbie Jeffrey, and myself, the Dynasty Infidel, Tom Corson. We're back. We're ready to go. We're going to talk some news, and we are going bold predictions today. That's right. Robbie, how are we doing? Dude, we're back. They they let us back on the mics. Episode two, we survived episode one. A couple of clunks along the way, but just exactly how we expected it. You can't get a Cowboys and Eagles fan in the same room and not expect a couple clunks. We're ready to rock for episode two. Well, the good thing is it's the internet. They let all sorts of fucked up shit on this thing. So uh, we're here. Much worse than us. We're here. We're in like the like you know unicorns and rainbow section right now. Um, trust me, I work in prison. I've seen fucked up. And we are going to fantasies. They're going to see some fantasy news. Speaking of fucked up, and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 might not be playing, and the Big 12 and the ACC might not play either, and the SEC is just going to absorb everybody? That's what we're talking about right now because, uh, yeah, that's the news that we have. I don't know if anything's going to come out by the time this actually gets posted, but holy shit, Robbie. What are we going to do if all this happens? Dude, Michael Jordan crying face right now just all over. Yeah, man, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, it seems like SEC is just going to, like, be the SEC and be like, no, 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 we don't need you, and we don't need you. We're going to absorb you. We'll take you. Nebraska football, obviously, will take you, and they're just going to try and run with it. Honestly, you know, I think Big 12 and ACC are going to be right behind them. Uh, We'll see what SEC does. They'll hold out as long as they can, but it's, it's really hard to see a season at this point. It would be very weird to see, like, you know, 14 schools playing, everyone else is done. But, you know, money speaks. So I can't tell you what all those finances look like, but money's going to be the deciding factor. It should be health, but it won't be. Yeah, no, it's going to be rough. Uh, I feel bad for the people who decided, the players who decided, like Chubba Hubbard, if you're a Debbie guy, you know, all the guys that you knew, Chubba Hubbard, Devonta Smith, they decided to go back to school to get another year in. The COVID thing hits. And they might not even have a year and they're not making any money. So I feel bad for those guys. Um, what are we going to do? We're going to watch the NFL on Saturdays because we all know the NFL is going to ship some of their games Saturdays because that's more money. Um, so we're still going to be watching football. It's just going to suck not to have regular college football because I don't think that's going to wind up happening. The Mac actually started the, the trend there with finally deciding to do it. They weren't a big five, but it's still leading the way there. So it's scary, man. Um you good? You have anything else on that, or we we got that? No, that's depressing enough. Let's move on to a right. brighter topic. All right. So USA Today's Marcus Mosher is reporting that Brian Edwards could start as the X receiver. I agree. How do you see the Raiders wide receiver pecking order? Well, you know, you think you know, and then you don't know, and then you go back and you're like, "This is what I think now," and then you don't know again. Like, yeah. right? Like nobody talks about Hunter Renfro through most of the off season. And then all of a sudden you're just like, you know what, how the hell is he not going to, how the hell is he not going to be starting? He's like the, the, the one that can run the crisp routes. You know, he's got that, that um, camaraderie with car, like the best buds, like it's, he's going to be good. And then it's like, mm, maybe you won't even be starting. You got rugs moving in, you got Edwards moving in. What is Tyrell, the gazelle going to do? I really don't know. He could honestly have 12 targets or, you know, 70 and it'd be, yep. That's, 
either one of those is the correct answer. So, you know, it's really difficult to kind of project. I did move Brian Edwards up in my projections. Like I bumped him up, I think, to 58 targets, which probably sounds low to people, but honestly, like it's 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 a crapshoot. Like you can tell me any one of these guys is going to get 70 and the other one's going to get 40, and I'd be like, okay. Um, you obviously have Darren Waller there, going to lead the way in targets. And they all they also have Lynn Bowden, uh, Jalen Richard. So like the targets are just kind of really skewed in in Las Vegas. So I just think it's going to be probably you'll you'll see Rugs up there. I think he's for sure going to be a, a starter. And then Edwards, as long as he doesn't help anybody else move. Right? Oh yeah, no, he's he, he needs to stop doing that like yeah, immediately. Okay. Don't move okay. anymore. All right, be be done, be done. Um, I broke your train of thought. Go ahead, keep going. No, I was just going to kind of round it out and say like. Honestly, I think this is is a wide receiver group that I'm kind of avoiding. You know, obviously for for long term purposes, you're investing in Edwards and you're investing in Rugs, um, both guys that I was probably a little bit down on compared to consensus, both because of their landing and then just each one has just like these little things that you know you, you either love or you don't. They're they're probably two of the more controversial um, rookies that we saw in this class. So um, this is just a wide receiver group that I don't have a lot of shares of. Yeah, I, Brian. <laughs> Brian Edwards has definitely got the uh, the truthers out there that everybody thinks he's going to be the you know wide receiver one in the class, and that's perfectly fine. I like Brian Edwards. I don't know if he's going to be that good because I don't think he's going to be able to have the volume to be that good because right. the wide receiving core is just a clusterfuck. Uh, we talked about when you were doing projections. I think you you basically said, uh, "How do you see the Raiders <laughs> wide receivers?" I said, "Good luck, asshole." <laughs> yeah. Um, one other thing, Robbie's going to be dropping uh, all of his projections on uh, the Fantasy Authority website coming up pretty soon. So uh, look out for that. He's been doing a ton of work. I know he's been working on it for the last uh, three years um, or three months, whatever. Yeah, feels yeah. like three years, Yeah, three millenniums. Like, I don't know. Uh, moving on, Kenny Stills was placed on the active NFI list. Yeah, Kenny Stills of the Houston Texans. He is one of kind of four relevant wide receivers, I would say, with Cooks. Um, Cobb and then Fuller, obviously. So he, he's kind of a guy that I think is the afterthought uh, there. And with him, um, I think he got arrested for one of his protests that they were doing. Um, and now he's on the NFI list. That just doesn't bode well for like me feeling comfortable with him, in, in, especially in a dynasty sense. So like he's somebody that I don't have a ton of shares of, and I'm probably not looking to acquire. You know, if if he gets back on and he starts rocking the season, he still has to beat out you know three other guys. Um, to kind of get that top slot there. And I don't think he's going to beat out Cooks or Fuller. I do not think he's as talented as those two. So honestly, I think his ceiling that offense is wide receiver three. So, um, yeah, I just think uh, he's he's probably a trade-away candidate for me if I, if I did have him on some teams. But, um, yeah. Honestly, not- if you have veteran drafts and you have to cut somebody, he's – Almost cuttable, maybe, perhaps, depending on your the, roster. The Texans might, might honestly think so. Like, yeah. I know that they don't have a ton of people. Like, they, they, I, I'm not sure who else they have beneath him, but um, yeah, he he honestly could be, um, you know, on the bubble watch there. Yeah, I, I mean, we we have a little bit of time here with this, so it's it's going to be really interesting watching preseason this year. That it's not going to be on and it's not going to exist because. How are we supposed to evaluate? I remember going back a couple of years. This is a while back. Watching Victor Cruz, you, he just ran routes differently, getting set, different separation. We can't see any of that this year. So you want to talk about Brian Edwards? Okay, great. First time we see him is going to be in an NFL game. That's all these guys. So we're going to be flying blind. So it's going to be really interesting to um, 
to see what that week one waiver wire is going to look like after the first games, because it's going to be more different than anything we've ever seen, especially with, with, uh, with fab. Yeah, no doubt. Do not, do not go through your fab early this year. Like you need to pace yourself with fab because anything can happen. Right. So uh, we're going to roll right into our bold takes. Uh, We're going to break it down by just positions. We're going to be doing one per Um, Robbie. Would you like to kick it off, sir? I am going to kick it off because when he says we're doing bold takes, like this isn't like the typical, like, Oh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Tom Brady is going to be, you know, a top 15 quarterback. Like, no, 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 no. We are going legit bold takes. And then we're going to back it up on something that can legit happen. So I'm going to start it off hot. Cam Newton is one of the most recent signees free agent that should have been signed a long time ago. I think a lot of people had a peg going to the Patriots for a long time. Um, I'm glad he finally got signed. I have many, many shares of him in dynasty leagues that were, he was just sitting there worthless basically. So glad he, uh, <laughs> glad he got on a team. And honestly, I really love the fit there because um, basically three reasons. First, just the offensive mind with, with Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick obviously has his imprint there. I think they're going to be able to adapt. Obviously you couldn't find two different quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Cam Newton, but I just think they're really, really uh, smart offensive minds and they're going to be able to mold this offense to fit what Cam Newton does. Well, I think he's going to honestly help that entire offense. So yeah, I think that's going to be number one. I think the number two is the defensive opt-outs are just, they're flowing like a, a faucet that it cannot be shut off. Like Bill basically and, said, I want Trevor Lawrence. He said, I want Trevor Lawrence. Go yeah. get me a quarterback. Dante, you're not playing. Get out. Chung, bye. You're gone and you're get gone out. and you're gone. Oprah. What's that? Marcus Cannon? You think you can block for somebody? Get the fuck out of here, Marcus. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think just the defense not having all the star talent that it had before means they're going to have to throw more. And I think that's something that Cam hasn't always been called upon to do. He's normally had, you know, in the 400s and attempts, he's never really eclipsed that 500. I think he has one season where he's had over 500 attempts. So he's normally been a a low volume passer. And I think he's going to have to pass more in this offense. And then any season he's played 16 games, he's been a top five quarterback. I'm not talking top 10. He's been a top five quarterback anytime he's played 16 games. So I definitely think that he is going to be somebody that, you're going to, you're going to find in your drafts this year and he's going to be a great value. So that's somebody that I just think is going to be a top 10 quarterback. So that's my first take. So you think top 10, top 10, top 10 quarterback. That is going to be interesting because we've seen what McDaniels can do with a quarterback the year that Brady was suspended for deflating balls, so to speak which, you know, science disproved, but, and I'm an Eagles fan. They, they cheated, whatever. doesn't even matter. Um, and Castle. And Castle yeah. in uh, so, 2010. That same year, you had Garoppolo come in, and he looked good. And then Jacoby Brissett came in after Garoppolo got hurt. And it was a completely different offense the separate week. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do, because it's not going to look like a Patriots offense because Tom Brady's not there. So – I think the one thing Belichick has always been good at um, is getting the best out of his players. Um, I'm interested. I have no idea what's going to happen. I can't say he's going to be a top 10 quarterback like the next guy, uh, which is Drew Locke, who happens to be a top seven quarterback this year. And all but seven times. I, I thought I was going hot take. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Listen, we're going bold here, right? We're going so bold. I said top seven. When I originally came out with this, I said top six and top five. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself. Just to say he's going to be QE1 at this point. Just, but just as, do it. 
no joke. I was sitting there watching Denver's draft and absolutely loving everything they did. They they got Jerry Judy, which I hated because I wanted to the Eagles, and then we didn't get CD Lamb because go fuck yourself, Robbie. <laughs> got one. Like you Great. needed him. Like you needed him. Love me some Jalen Rager though, so it's okay. But they get Jerry Judy. Then they go get uh, KJ Hamler, which you should be seeing a video or uh, something over at TFA pretty soon about the the Hamler hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, they just surrounded him with weapons. And you have Cortland Sutton there and Noah Fant last year. Their line is getting better. Their defense is, I don't think it's on the upswing uh, with, with Vaughn going up in years. They're going to have to throw a ton. You have Melvin Gordon there too. So it's going to take a little bit uh, off of Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman if he actually decides to show up for the day. But Drew Locke is going to throw a lot. And he has got a ton of talented receivers. And if you are sitting there and you're playing against that defense, they're going to get some explosive plays. 40-yard touchdowns are going to be a plenty out in Denver. The The ball just glides through the air out there because it's so thin. It's beautiful. So Drew Locke's going to throw fucking pillows at home. It's going to be so nice. And KJ Hamler is just going to be like, boop, got it. What'd now, you think? now I've confirmed that you've been doing some Colorado drugs uh, when you did this uh, take. I was like, it has to be something. He said top seven and Drew Locke in the same Listen, sentence. And I now know. you're talking about the thin air helping him. So, yes, you've confirmed uh, my my theory there. Listen, um, yeah, I, 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 go ahead. I, I just – I really like Drew Locke. I loved what he did last year when he came in. I liked him a lot coming out of college. I was shocked he fell as far as he fell. And I think he's going to ball out this year, man. I think everything lines up for him to ball out. Yeah, I think I think the 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 thing for me is that I, I think we like him more as a real life quarterback than a fancy quarterback because even though he did well, and I think they went four and one in his starts, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he had, had over a really good yards in two games. If I'm uh, one, he had like so he balled out 300 yards against Carolina's atrocious defense, if I remember correctly. Erroneous, sir. Yes. And then like, he was honestly pedestrian the other four weeks, like obviously more talent coming in another year with Fant. you know, that second year for, uh, for a tight end is big. Um, So yeah, I do think he'll be better. The leap from like what QB 20 something on a per game basis to seven, a bit rich for my blood, but that's where we have bold takes. I love it. And I'll tell you what, when you can get a guy with that kind of upside, when you're taking him as a, you know, QB 16, QB 18 when they're going. That's fantastic, and that's what you're looking for. All right, let's go to the running back position. Robbie, would you like to go first, or would you like to pass, sir? Um, Mine terrifies me. It's one of my most controversial ones that I don't even think I like. So I think I just have to say it and just get this anxiety off my chest right now. Go ahead. So I have Sanders, Mixon, and Chubb all outside RB1 for 2020. I'm sorry. His jaw just hit the floor. Excuse we'll need me. to edit in a sound effect. All of them? All of them. And Every, like all three of them? All three of them. See, I wanted to do something a little sorry, simpler said, and be like, I don't know. You like, said Joe Mixon. Yeah. Because I, I have Joe, Joe Mixon, Mixon. As, a t- as a top three running back. I know. I love Joe Mixon. So here, here's, the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Problems. Go ahead. Yeah, multiple problems. So I we already have. have I, I, can't, I, I can't wait for this. This is fantastic. We already have seven I'm, slots. I'm drinking. I'm drinking more. We need to drink more 
and in whatever you were doing to get you to say Drew Locke is a top seven QB, you need to do more of that. Um, so basically, we have the first seven running back slots kind of filled up for me, and I'd say most of consensus. Like it's McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Cook, Eckler, um, Ceh. I think are kind of the, those top guys. And sure, can some of these guys finish above them? Absolutely. But I think for for Eckler's what I projected, consensus? what is Eckler consensus? Oh, absolutely, man. You think he's top seven consensus? Yeah. I got. I got to look at this. Yeah, you look it up while while I keep going. I'm going to do some math. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Um, Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell are two guys that I think are vastly underrated this year. They're going to catch a ton of passes. I have them both catching over 50 passes this year, and that's honestly going to be the what really helps put them over the edge uh, and jump above them. Derrick Henry, obviously King Henry, I have above them. And that rounds out your, your top 12 uh, running backs. And so can they finish above? Absolutely. Will they probably finish above? Absolutely. Am I kind of rooting for that? Yes, because I have a lot of shares of Mixon. I have some Sanders. Like I want these guys to do well. But just going off of projections and what I think is going to happen, I have them all three finishing outside running back one status. Now this is on a per-game basis. So I can't say that running backs get hurt all the time. And so I'm not going to say that all 12 of these guys are going to finish above all three of these and none of them are going to get hurt. I'm saying on a per-game basis, you have to play, you know, let's let's say, you know, eight games or something like that to make the per game uh, somewhat fair. But um, this is on a per game basis. I got you. That's uh... it might be my hottest take like ever, but I actually <laughs> think it can happen. I'm not just throwing out, you know, QB seven for lock here. No, what, what, what the, what the, I'm going to, I'm going to break your face, man. There it is. Oh, I thought he was going to give me another one. Um. All right. So we're just gonna move on from that because I don't even know how to respond to it. Austin Eckler. Okay, I'll give you that. He, Where was he? Looked it up. Tell tell everyone uh, why you're wrong. Consensus. It, you're not far off. He's generally like seven to like nine or so. <laughs> so right where I had him. Yeah, you're seven. you're in the you're in the right range. I'll give you I'll give you that. I just disagree with it. Whatever. That's perfectly fine. The only reason I disagree with that is because I think some of those running backs that you're you mentioned will be a little bit higher than him. I don't think he's going to be bad at all. Right. And for the record, being a top 12 or, you know, the 12 running back isn't the worst thing unless you pay the right. 103 for him. Right. Um, that's where it's it gets a little sticky. So and this is in PPR uh, score, and I just want to note that. If you um, actually only play standard, you're not listening to a podcast because you're 86 <laughs> years old. So Don't even call it standard. Don't give it that. It's called non-PPR. <laughs> I'm sorry. Standard. I'm doing the quotation marks with my hands. Um, all right. So we want bold, right? Let's go bold. Um, Cam Akers is the top six running back ne- this year and in Dynasty this time next year. What do we well, think? if he is a top six running back in redraft, he's damn well going to be a top six running back in well, Dynasty you know, for I mean, sure. Sometimes people get a little silly and they're like, okay, I really want to hold on hope to uh, – yeah. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. Listen, he just did. He went to Sweden and he had these this knee surgery. Takes everything out. He's going to be great for the next sixteen years. <laughs> but yeah, Cam Akers is going to be a top six running back this year, and and it's going to be pretty simple for me. He doesn't have competition. Darrell Dar- Henderson, he's going to get work, but he's not really the bell cow they're looking for. If they thought he was, they wouldn't have paid their first pick for him. Per- first pick in the draft. Second round. 
this kid at Florida State was so grossly misused and almost ruined by Willie Taggart, it made me cry because I'm actually a Florida State fan. So I had to watch this kid every game get hit behind the line of scrimmage. You want to talk about how to make a guy miss and then how to actually get three yards after being touched three yards behind the line of scrimmage. So you're six yards after contact is just stupid. Kid is ridiculously good. When I was watching him as a freshman, uh, when he was splitting time with, oh, Jesus, I forget his name. Big dude, looked like a goddamn tree running out there. Anyway, he would make these cuts that were so violent, I thought his legs were just going to break off. It reminds me of Daniel <laughs> Tomlinson when he would cut, make that jump cut, and then just go. Anyway, sorry. I'm just talking about Kevin. LT love. Do, do I need to leave the room? Uh, so good. Sean McVay's offense needs an elite running back to run through. Obviously, we saw that with Todd Gurley. Last year, the offense sputtered because Todd Gurley wasn't that elite offense anymore, or that elite player anymore. He was good in the red zone and doing certain things, but he just wasn't. We saw what Todd Gurley was when he was elite, and he was not that last year. He was still, you know, efficient as a fantasy player and whatnot, but he was not that just holy shit running back that jumps off. Yes, he, he looked like a different back, but I would also say that it's something to do with the line. They had a diminished, would be an easy, uh, an understatement yeah. offensive line. I got you. Um, so the good thing is Cam can run behind a really shitty line because that's all he's been doing for the last three years. So he's used to it. I think Sean, <laughs> Sean McVay is going to just be your title. He, he's going to do it because he's used to it. <laughs> Sean McVay is going to scheme around this guy. He's going to get him you know, open the, be- the best possible scenarios he can be in. And he's just going to be a monster because he's got the talent to do so. He was the number one recruit coming out um, in the ESPN 300 when he came out the year DeAndre Swift came out. They were, I think they were one and two that year. Mm. Um, he's just got a disgusting amount of talent, and I can't wait to see what Sean McVay, the football genius, does with him. Yeah, the football genius that you are touting so much has said that this is going to be a running back by committee three-way. So – I can't wait to I can't wait to see him try. Yeah, like okay, I agree again. I think this goes back to our conversation last pod about uh, Taylor and Mac. I think the better talented running back is the rookie. Again, the rookie is not just going to come in and literally take 20 carries a game, get you know 280 carries on the season in in their rookie year when there's already in, in this case there's there's two backs that have that have gotten work in the past. Now, is he going to be probably the leader in touches at the end of the season? Absolutely. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Darrell Henderson has 40 targets, gets, you know, 50, 40 to 45 targets and has, you know, 30 catches, you know, 28 catches, something like that. And on top of that, with, with getting maybe 130, 140 rushing uh, attempts, and that's just going to limit acres ceiling. Like, Obviously, this is hot takes, so I totally get the where where you're com- where you're coming from with this. And he needs to literally take over that backfield probably by like week three for this to happen. So, and I um, think he will. And, and that's definitely in the realm of possibilities. So I like it to move to wide receivers. Now, if this hot take happens and your hot take happens, Rams are winning the Super Bowl. They are taking it home, sixteen and zero. We already that saw was- it. <laughs> yeah. We've seen this move before. I have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both finishing as top 10 wide receivers. (laughs) Both of them. Yes, sir. So Hot hot diggity shit. I know. 
and and here's the thing, like as you know, I've been pounding the table for Robert Woods all off season. Like this, I, this I is have, I'm right there with you because I love this, Robert Woods. This, this year. guy, he had two touchdowns last year, and if he had just six, he would have vaulted up to wide receiver seven. He finishes wide receiver sixteen, if I remember right, and he's being drafted as wide receiver eighteen. Like he's being drafted worse than where he was at. Brandon Cooks left town, and he only had two touchdowns on ninety receptions last year. And people think he's going to get worse. Yeah, so not happening. Just don't make sense. Like does, that does no not compute at all. Does not compute. So now this guy is easily he's the easier lock for me in the top ten because if he just gets three, four more touchdowns, boom, he's top seven right there. Right, but we, we've also seen Cooper Cup perform at a level where he's been a top three fantasy player. So. Right. Um, right, and Cooper Cup's right there with him. He actually doesn't even have the touchdown problems, and so I'm also very comfortable with him being top 10. He was top 10 last year. I think he'll do it again. With Brandon Cooks moving out, they don't really fill that void. They have Van Jefferson, who will take a little bit. They have Josh Reynolds. So they say they're going to go 12 personnel. That's fine. I do not think Higby is going to be last year's Higby, like for the last five games. Like everybody who's riding this Higby train. That pace is absolutely unsustainable. Absolutely. And so like they're in for a rude awakening. Gerald Everett is an okay tight end in his own right. And so like I, I just think with, with Woods and Cup's reception percentages, they're through the roof. Woods rushes for about 100 yards in a season, which people forget about all the time. Um, he's done it for the last I, I two for, years. I forgot. Yeah, I own him everywhere. So then, when he actually does an end around near the end zone and gets you, uh, <laughs> right, you know, the seven or the six points and then the yards, and then I get actually a little bit mad that it wasn't a shuffle pass because you don't <laughs> right. Give me, give me one more. I'm a greedy. I'm a greedy man. I know, but yeah, so, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I don't. I honestly don't think that this one is all that bold. Um, I I think if if uh, I'd have to check the projections, but I think I have them both right next to top ten. Maybe I have one of them slightly out it's nope, Cooper uh, Cup is it, it's, bold to, it's bold to say they're both going to be there um that's why it's so bold because we're both predicting that sean mcveigh gets his head out of his ass because let's face it last year he was i i was not impressed at all with sean mcveigh what he did yeah i think defense has figured out jared goff just a little bit and McVay now gonna counter move you know we have checkmate but right or not checkmate but you have you know check I think Sean McVay is good enough to get out of check. He's going to, you know, just throw a little chess in here. You're going to get that in your uh, TFA Dinopod. I really hope that he does um, and that he doesn't during like one week when the Eagles play him. But <laughs> right? I still feel like that offense runs through an elite running back, which is why I'm so high on Cam Nick this year. I'm going to go back to Denver where I can smoke that good shit, but not because I'll get fired from my job. I'm going to say – Jerry Judy is going to outscore Cortland Sutton this year in fantasy points. And he's going to be a top 12 dynasty receiver next year. Um, I love Jerry Judy's talent. I love Cortland Sutton. But I think Drew Locke is just going to come out there and fall in love with Jerry Judy because he's going to be in the slot. He's going to be like, he's going to be a little blanky. Cortland Sutton's going to be mainly in the outside and in the X. And you're going to have Jerry Judy just moving around Z, Y, Z, Y. And he's going to. He's going to kill it, man. That uh, You already know what I think about Drew Locke, so I, I'm not even going to talk about this for, for that long just because you know I think the Denver offense is, is bound to explode. But I think Jerry Judy is going to be just a monster. And Cortland Sutton is not – I'm not saying he's going to be shitty this year. I'm just saying you're going to wind up having two top 20 wide receivers. Easy. Yeah. Easy in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I thought you were just going to stop and say that Jerry Judy was going to outperform Cortland Sutton. I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that's not actually that hot. Like, I can see that happening. Yeah. Just because yeah. he's going to get so many more receptions um, than, than than Sutton will, in my opinion. Maybe not so many more, but he's going to have, um, you know, he's obviously not going to be the, the deep threat as much as Sutton is. So, yeah, I can see that. But then you go top 12 on me. I was like, well, something has to happen if this thin air throw in uh, Drew Locke is getting to QB seven. There has to be some wide receiver yeah, up there. We're so, talking about uh, thin air. The, the secret's out. It's going to be Jerry Judy. You know, I don't hate it. Um, I, I just the thing for me to kind of play devil's advocate here. I think that defense is too good, and I think Vic Fangio uh, likes to run the ball and play good defense. I know that's just such a cliche that everyone's like, "Oh, run the ball, play good defense." What is this 1990? It's like, yeah, but some teams still do it, and the Broncos have done it for the past couple of years. They brought in Melvin Gordon. I think they're going to continue to do that. So um, I think that's just what holds him back a little bit from throwing. You know, I think you want Locke throwing, what, 580-plus times. I just don't know if they're going to quite get to that 700, mark. 700, sir. 700. Oh, 700, yes. Yes, I forgot <laughs> what we were smoking here. <laughs> we got that Kool-Aid out there, right? 700 is the goal. Um, no, but also Melvin Gordon is very good in the passing game. So that's one of the reasons why that I think It helps Jerry Judy a ton. It does. So – I think they're going to throw more because of that. Uh, when he's on the field, they're going to be more, you know, they're going to be less predictable, so to speak. They're going to split uh, the football in half and throw one yes. to Gordon and one right. to Judy, and then they're right. going to split that one in half and throw a little well, bit. Well, they're going to race after that. And Melvin Gordon had microfracture surgery like eight years ago, so it, it'll be fine. Jerry Judy's going to smoke him. Moving on to tight ends. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to leave this one off. Mike Gusecki is going to be a top – five tight end this year bring it i said it it. i mean it he's gonna be a top five dynasty tight end next year as well obviously because if he's that good he's you know a monster zach Ertz is probably gonna drop out of that top five but i think he's that good i think you have your solid top four you where you've got kelsey and kittle and andrews and Ertz, you're, you're putting him in there but i think that fifth spot is really up for grabs Am I missing somebody? No, I, I think you have Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, Ertz. If you want to have Ingram and Waller, kind of as those next two, but they both have question marks a little bit. So, no, I think I think that's a good spot if you're doing these these hot takes to to throw them up there. I think I think that range after that top four, the safety's just all gone. So when I when I think of it, I want upside, and Mike Gusecki has a ton of upside. Um, you saw he really came on at the end of the season last year where he was getting a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he, had a, he had a two touchdown game and then he had, I think, I think he had three in the last five games or something along the, I don't have it up anymore right now, but he was performing very well. Um, yeah. he looked good. And the first two years, I feel like for Mike Gusecki was he was learning how to play tight end in the NFL. Penn state essentially split him out. He was a split end. And they said, go beat somebody. And he just dominated people with his physicality and how big he was because he's six foot seven and he can run. That's it. Could he have done what he, what Evan Ingram did his first two years? Absolutely. But Miami didn't use him that way. They used him in line blocking and they brought another tight end. So he's going to be able to split out. Also, all of Miami's wide receiver core apparently is afraid of COVID-19. So they've opted out. Somebody's got to catch the goddamn ball, Robbie. Gusecki, 10 touchdowns? Is it happening? I'm sorry. Yes, it is. 
a little bold, but that is the name of the game, so I love it. And, well, I mean, if if we're gonna go with like, you know, eh, no, 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 do not backtrack. <laughs> Ten touchdowns, it is, and I love it. Absolutely, here, no, here, I'm not going with eh, takes. Yes, yes, Hot take. bring it. So. Yeah, I think what really needs to happen for this hot take to come to fruition is that Fitzy needs to play the whole season. Like, I think they will air it out so much more with him than they will with Tua, and they will air it out at a larger A dot, uh, which I think only helps Kaseki. Um, I haven't projected for a little bit. Go ahead. And we, we talked about this before. Um, if that happens where they decide to, to swap over to Tua, who's the safety blanket? Matt Breida. I mean, Brookie, Brookie's I, dumped that off. They also go to tight ends. I mean, it's a good narrative. Like, it's a good narrative. I don't know who he'll go to. He could go to Devontae Parker for all I know. Like Everyone loves the tight ends, the safety valve. It depends on the offense. Like Kiseki isn't a big enough name where it's like, he's my guy. He's my safety valve. Like He, he plays yeah. honestly more like a slot wide receiver than a tight end anyways. So I'm not going to go with the tight end it's, narrative because he's literally Jimmy Graham. I think he had the most like split out uh, percentage of his plays than any other tight end last year. So He's he's not even a tight end. He's a slot wide receiver that happens and to, to have the tight truth, end. They, they need to up it. They need to up that. He needs to not play in line at all, mm-hmm. and he needs to like move out because their wide receivers are cooked. And he needs to basically be their big slot. Yeah, but man. I, so I I think if if Fitzy is still there uh, for all sixteen games, that you have a better shot of getting that. I think more um, down the field passing and more touchdowns will be in his future. So. So my final hot take of the evening is Austin Hooper is going to be outside the top 20 tight ends. And this is one kind of like my running back one where it's a little bit of like the negative bold take where you're like, no, this guy's not going to be, you know, wide receiver one, tight end one, running back one. So it always kind of rubs people the wrong way. You're a Debbie Downer. I just like to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, you never get bad comments on your takes when it's always saying like, I like this guy, this guy's a sleeper. Everyone's like, only people that comment are people that agree with you. When you say this guy's a bust, this guy won't finish here. That's when you get heat. Typical Dallas fan. Exactly. Exactly. So Austin Hooper outside the top 20, here's my problem with his landing spot because it is just atrocious. Baker Mayfield in 2019 threw 66 times to his tight ends. 66 to all of the tight ends combined. That was before Kevin Stefanski arrived with his run first offense where Kirk Cousins threw 10 times in a single game. I think it was like week two or week three. Like this offense is going to be run first, run second, run third, and then maybe a pass after that, a play action, and then dump off to Kareem Hunt. So it's, it's going to be a heavy run offense. Um, I'm projecting only to have 540 passing attempts. And here's the other thing is that Njoku is still there. They drafted Harrison Bryant. Like, he's not going to get all the tight end targets. Even they'll, they'll throw more uh, to their tight ends this year. They're going to have the 12 personnel. So I, I expect them to have about 100 targets to their tight ends. Austin Hooper isn't getting all 100 of those. He's probably going to get maybe 70-ish, maybe. And I just don't think he's that talented of a guy to warrant that the reason he was so good in atlanta is they threw it 650 times every single season and, and so ryan loves the tight end yeah exactly like that's what really helped him and now we go to a quarterback who doesn't throw to the tight ends a ton and a scheme where they're going to run more than they have you know in the past so i just don't think he's lined up for a good tight end year i think he's going to be a bust and i have him outside of my of my top 20 tight ends in the projections so it's 
it's bold. It doesn't hurt me to the core or anything like that. Uh, Baker did really like Mark Andrews in college. So we, we did, we actually didn't go over these hot takes with each other before the show. So I, I, I mean, we couldn't like counter research or anything, but Mark Andrews was a baller in college with Baker. Mm-hmm. Is Austin Hooper Mark Andrews? Actually, no. David Njoku is more mm-hmm. Mark Andrews than I honestly Austin don't think Hooper. Austin Hooper is that great of a tight end. He was just in a good system. Like I honestly he think is, we saw his best season. So he is a solid, solid tight end. That's what he is. He's a very good football player. One too many solids. Well, no, he's a very good football player is what sure. he is. yeah. He's yeah, not a fantasy tight end, solid. no. I, I don't trust him, no. Like I don't have any shares left. I traded him away. Um, and I traded most of them away before he signed with Cleveland. That was one of the more baffling signings for me. When he signs with Cleveland, I was like, hey, what? No, why? Why would you do that? Not a good landing spot. No, not, I, was, I wasn't really thrilled. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap this up. Had a lot of fun this one, Bold Takes. Uh, we'll see how many come to fruition. I was like going back over this kind of thing at the end of the season or halfway You're not going to want to go over yours. I'll tell I don't you care. Right Listen, that's fine. Um, we'll go over them a million times. Drew Locke is a monster. That's all we're going to say. Uh, but had a lot of fun uh, with uh, my co-host at NFL Robbie, Robbie Jeffries, myself, Dynasty Infidels, and Corson. Until the next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.